Well, look at your neighbor say, it's so good to see you. I know that everybody got here in their P-Row and their push pole. And uh, how about that rain we've had? Man, I've looked on, at the news and everything else, and Baton Rouge is flooded everywhere. A lot of places are flooded. And for all you that like to duck and goose hunt, that's good next weekend. Anyway, so so glad you're here. We're, we're going to start a new series today. And really, I wanna, I'm, I'm calling it In God We Trust. And really, I, I want to give you a message series that, that's going to bring a lot of freedom in your life. Say it when you say freedom. freedom. You know, religion makes you feel stuck. Hello? But relationship, there's real freedom. It's knowing somebody. And so this morning, you know, you know I mean, you know that uh, I just believe this is that in this church, we have some of the most generous people that I know on the face of this earth right here in this church. And you can give yourself a hand. And I don't believe, I, believe, I don't believe you're stingy. I just believe many of you, can I just say this with you? I'd say, to you, I believe that to some people, you're just strapped. How many of you talking about? Oh, Pastor Bubba, you got the word there for me. I, I feel strapped. And yeah, this series is all about freedom, and the series is it's just really for you. So I want to go with I want you to go with me to First Timothy chapter six. And it's a it's really the premise of what I'm gonna be sharing on today. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation. You need to underline that word, temptation, and are trapped, underline that word, trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into, well, look at what it says, into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not, having money, being wealthy is not evil. I just want to lay, lay that. It's having the love for that. For, uh, the love. And it says, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and look what it says, and pierce themselves with many sorrows. You know, money is not bad, but the love, the love of it is. And many people walk around from God, walk away from God because of money. I know, I know someone that I know that was on a great relationship, on a course with God, and they started pursuing money than they did God, and they fell away from God, and now they really have, they leave no room for God in their heart anymore. And so some of you have come to church and you've been pierced by life. How I many you know a hot water tank breaks? An air conditioner, the, fan, the, fan, the, the belt in your truck or your car broke, and it was $300. And you go, what, $300? I thought it used to be $35. You know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's like you just, you're just strapped. And so what happens, you're pierced by life, and this series is going to be super encouraging, and I want it to be very practical for you. And so Luke says this, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart, your heart will be also. All of us would say we, we have a heart. We want our hearts. How many of you want your heart toward God? Come on, let's just vote this morning. How many of you want your heart toward God? And if you want your heart toward God, this is what happens. If you love God, then you need to put your stuff in that direction. Does that make sense? Whatever you have, it's in the direction towards God, towards his kingdom, towards whatever he has. You know, the Bible talks about, about money five times more than it talks about prayer and faith. How many of you know that? How many of you didn't know that? You go, man, I didn't know that. I mean, you look at Jesus. He gave parables on possessions and people. He talked about, you know, things that people have. But financial plan, if you went to a financial planner, basically what financial planners would do, they'll give you five steps if you want to do better in life. And I'm going to give you those, and then I'm going to give a twist, and I want to show you what God thinks about that. And so financial planners are going to give you five principles. The first principle is this. Get a job. No. Okay. The first one is earning. Just say it. We say earning earning. You need to earn money because there's nothing to manage if you don't have it. I mean, I'm talking about. 
If you're young, don't play games until you're 25. Get a job. Hello. I remember when I was, I was a kid, I was forced, I was made to go get a job because my mama wasn't going to pay me, no. I mean, she could afford it. She, she could have given me allowance, but she said, you ain't getting allowance. And by the way, now that you're past eighth grade, you're going to buy your own jeans. And I remember, I'm like, what? My friends don't have to do it. And I remember when I was growing up, I mean, we lived in Lafayette across the street from Oakbourne Country Club. And I remember all my friends had nice tans, but I always had a farmer's tan because I couldn't wear shorts. I had to work. Anyway. But I had money and they didn't. Anyway. The next thing is you need to earn. The second thing is if you're going you're gonna to spend. How many of you know if you earn, you got to spend. you got to pay things. What's tragic is, is that more than 90% of Americans, listen, don't even have a budget. They don't even budget their money. By the way, I, just a commercial. We have Financial Peace Life Group that meets every week. And if you haven't signed up, and it helps you in these areas that I'm talking about, and if you would like to get part of a life, everyone needs to go through it, I think, at least once. And it, it's, it's life-changing. And so the second thing is if you're going to earn, you're going to spend, you might need to save. The Bible says in Proverbs 21, 20, it says, The wise have wealth. And luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. My, my picture should have been next to that when I was a young guy. Okay? You know, here's a fool. He spends everything he makes. You know? And the average American, think about this. Average American spends 130, 136% of their income. That's not good. Because all you can make is 100%. So that's not good. You have to learn how to save for a rainy day. You start, you know, if you go through Dave Ramsey or Financial Peace, they say you should at least have a, $1,000 in your account. And somebody's going, $1,000? I wish I had 100 Okay? $1,000 because it's called the oh no fund. Because oh no, the air conditioner went out. Oh no, the kids need shoes. Oh no, the school started and they want $200? I thought I'd send my kids to public school and it's supposed to be free. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. And, and it's like you have all these things that happen, and they say that you should also save enough to get three months of income saved. And you go, Lord, Pastor Bubba, unless the Lord drops a sack of money on my head, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit today because I want it to be, this to be free. This, the next thing is so you want to earn, you want to save, and, and you want to you invest. What does that mean? You're not working for money. You need to make your money work for you. Amen. You see, most, most of the time, you know, money speaks. How many of you know it speaks? It goes more, more, more. And sometimes you have to speak back to it and say, no, no, no. You stay in my pocket. All right? And see, so you got to invest. And so putting some aside for the purpose of just letting it grow. You know, the, they say the average car payment is about $500 a month. And so if you decided to buy a new car if you decided not to buy a new car, invest and just drive the old one, instead of investing that $500 a month for car payment, if you invested at 25 by the time you were 65, guess how much money you would have if you did that every month? You'd have $5 million. That's 40 years, Pastor Bubba. I hadn't even lived 40 years. But no, if you just start, it's a discipline. You go, okay, well, that's good, Pastor Bubba. The next thing is giving. Now, financial planners don't like to talk about that because they want you to, but financial planners won't talk about this because the average American gives only about 3%. They say the average Christian now gives about 3.8%. 
Haggai says it like this in the scriptures. And because I believe, I believe that God wants us to live beyond what these are. And so he said, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought of your ways. How many of you know that we need to think about our ways? What we do, how we do things, why we do what we do, and who we do it for. He says, he said, and he says you, have, you have planted much, but you have harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. That, that doesn't happen in America. You drink, and you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in your purse with holes in it. Go, that's my scripture. That's what my purse is being all about. Where'd that money? It fell out that hole in my purse. This is what the Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Could it be that there's a higher way? I, that's what I want to talk about. I believe God's principles and God's ways exceed what man's ways are. Amen? And so Corinthians says it like this. It says, where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? See, the world thinks God's ways are foolish. The Bible says the cross is foolishness to them that are perishing. But here it says, but God says man's way is foolish. And see, this morning, I want to talk to you, if you're looking for a title this message, Living Beyond the Numbers. You see, this, this world would say, earn more money, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes, takes you. See, I believe that's the first thing we talked about. If you went to a uh, to, to secular council, they said, you need to earn more money. And what I want to talk about is that I believe there's a highway. You need to find out your calling versus your compensation. There's a calling God gives everybody versus your compensation. At the end of the day, how much money you make is not going to fulfill you. Amen? I've seen people that have had lots of money, but that are miserable. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You say, well, they could throw some of that money on me. Let me see if I get miserable for a little bit. But here's the reality. There's nothing better than knowing what God has called you to do. That you know, that's, that's a higher principle. That, that's what Next Step's all about. Why we do Next Step in our church is we want you to get everyone focused around your calling, what God has called you to do. You know what? The secret of your life is discovering why you're here on this planet. That's the secret. Some people, it's kind of like, like that book. Remember Dr. Seuss, Are You My Mother? Remember, it goes to a scene, oh, Are You My Mother? It goes, oh, goes around. I've read the book many times. I have six kids, all right? And, 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 and it's like, you know, and, and for us, it's finding out who we are in Christ. That you know that you have a call. Well, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher. You can be the best nurse. You can be the best waitress. You can be whatever. That you represent God in whatever you do. You can be a plant worker at one of the plants. You, if you're the best at what you do, that you can represent God when people need. How many of you know there's people wherever you run into, wherever job you have, God comes up every once in a while. And if you've been standing up for God, you, they, you are a target. And sometimes you're a target of criticism. Hello, anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, what I believe is that it's, it's, see, the secret of your life is discovering why you're here. It's not how much you accumulate, but how much you can fulfill that God has called you to do. See, finding the calling of your life. See, you don't just need money to live on. You need something to live for. Can I say that again? Because it went over your head. See, I believe that you don't, need, you don't just need money to live on. You need something to live for. You see, you need to focus your life on what, what can I live for? I, I, I just want to get, I want to get there. 
I want you to, can I, as a pastor, I want you to get there. I want you to get there. That you find out why you're here on this planet. Amen? Look at your neighbor. Why don't you look, are you looking, what, are you looking for what you're here for? Ask them that. Acts chapter 20 says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may, and look what it says, finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. This is Paul speaking. He says, I just want to finish this race and I want to complete the task. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. In other words, the same man, that the good news is that God gave me the power to live a life that I couldn't do it on my own, but he gave me the power to live it and the grace to live it by, and then I was able to fulfill his purposes in my life, even though I didn't know where I was going sometimes. You ever feel that way? Just me. Y'all pray for me. The second thing is we talked about, so, so it's, it's calling versus compensation. It's finding your calling. The second thing is contentment versus consumerism. You know what? We live in a, a lifestyle. Many people live in a lifestyle they cannot be content. Because you look on TV, it's all about more. You know what I'm talking about? I've got to have the latest, the greatest, the biggest, the baddest. The coolest, the newest. Oh, they got the Xbox. Well, they got the Xbox 2. Well, they got the Xbox 3. You know what I mean? I mean, you're just not content. We live in a society that just wants more. It's kind of like that credit card commercial. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. If you want that, it's on my top 10. Anyway, just, anyway. Think, that thinking is getting, you know, that kind of thinking just gets you in trouble. Can I just make a confession this morning? You know, next weekend is is opening day of duck and goose season, all right? So I'm excited. You know, my, my feathers are coming out. And, and so what happens is, you know, it's like, I, you know, it's like yesterday, you know, it was rainy. I did, did my devotion, read my, I did all that stuff. And then I got on my computer and I started looking up all the new hunting stuff coming out. Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, just three people. Okay, y'all pray for me. And pray for those that raise their hand. And, 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 you know, and then, and then you know, I'm, I'm going to my closet, and I'm looking for some different things I'm thinking I want to try to get and everything. And then now, and it's like, you go in my closet. I got some hunting stuff. I mean, serious hunting stuff. I mean, my wife, she knows, and she knows. And so, and it's like, I, I go in there, and, you know, you go, man, they got the new Max 5 coming out. It's the new camo they're coming out. Maybe I ought to give me a couple of shirts like that. Give me some drawers like that. I'm thinking all this, but can I just say something? I don't need that. Because it's the newest, and it's the latest, and it's the greatest. Come on. I mean, ducks aren't flying by. Go, look, Max 3. He got Max 5. <laughs> you know what I mean? The deer aren't going, that new, they got that nonsense stuff from Walmart. <laughs> you know, I know. You know what I mean? They're not, they're, animals aren't doing that. But we, because that's something I'm passionate about, I like to do. We got to think we got to have the latest and the greatest, and we got to spend it on this. and get. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, ladies. You want me to hit you up? They got a super, the super cell at the mall in Lafayette or Lake Charles. Y'all going there, right? All right, confess. All right. Why, why do we think this way? We, because we've lost the value of contentment. I've, hunted, I've gone duck hunting with guys that could care less what kind of They don't even wear camo. They're just content. It seems boring to some it's, but it's where real peace is, is living in contentment. See, 
Luke says that don't always be wishing for what you don't have. Hello, that speaks to me. For real life and real living are not related to how rich you are. If you look at the people that are often the most happy, it's the people that have less. They, they don't worry about paying for anything. They don't worry about insuring, insuring anything, locking up anything, because they ain't got nothing. <laughs> and so what happens is, if you don't believe it, go on a missions trip. I dare you. We have opportunities to go on missions trips this year. If you want to come, you, I dare you. I'm telling you, you can go to an orphanage, and kids find more fulfillment with a rock and a stick than kids here in America do with an Xbox. They're happier. They're just, they're just happy. I don't know what it is. When I was a kid, when we used to have to go play, we had to play outside. And then it was this stuff called dirt. You all know what that is? <laughs> Anybody under 25 or under, you know what that is, dirt? It's the stuff that's on the ground. And then we didn't have cars. We had rocks. That was your car. You were lucky if you got a, a Hot Wheel was 52 cents. And that was Highway Robert to my grandmother. She had about 52 cents. But it's like, it's amazing. It's amazing that you can go somewhere and you can see contentment in, in, in people that have less. You see, the Bible says in Philippians, I know what it is to be in need. How many know what it is to be in need? And I like what it says, and I know what it is to have plenty. All of us have been there. We've all known what it's like to have a need and to have plenty. How many of you know when you first get married, you ain't got nothing but love? <laughs> I mean, when you first get married, it's love. How are we going to get that? I don't know. We're going to love each other through it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, me and Tracy, I mean, I, I remember the first year we made it. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. But we made it. And we lived good and God provided. But we, we lived on love. And we didn't have a lot, but we were happy. Hello. And we didn't have any kids either. That was really good. <laughs> it was blissful. But I love my children. But see, so what's the secret? You know, see, see, I have learned, here it is. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. To realize you're blessed. Here, here's the secret. To realize that you're blessed. That's the secret. Say, say, I'm blessed. Look at your neighbor, say, I'm blessed. Look at your neighbor. You didn't want to tell them they were blessed and you were blessed. Tell them you're blessed. You're blessed. See, God, God if you don't do anything else to me, you've done enough. I'm blessed. You know, contentment is not, is not the fulfillment of what you want. Can I say that? It's not the fulfillment of what you want, but the realization of what you already have. You see, if God did nothing else for you, he has done enough. Well, it's better than most. Come on. You know that we have more than most? I know my wife and I went on a, a missions trip to Honduras several years ago, about four or five years ago. And we were, we were going through this village talking to people and stuff. And this lady, she had a really nice mud hut and everything else. And she had, like, it was clean. And we were walking away, and my wife goes, and I, I noticed him. She goes, you know what? That lady had the most clean dirt floors I've ever seen. And we go, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying her floors were just nice. They were dirt, but they were nicer than everybody else's. See, as we gear up for the holidays, all of society is getting ready to get you to do more, 
and spend more. Hello. See, I'm, I'm urging you not to outdo last year's Christmas. Well, listen, let me just say, what do you mean, Pastor Baba? Don't go do stuff that's stupid and crazy. You know, some of the greatest gifts I have were little things that people made for me. I have relatives, they couldn't buy you gifts, so they had pecans in their backyard, and they had enough sugar, so they make pralines with pecans in them, and that was a Christmas gift to you. And we appreciate it because they were the best pralines around because you know that they did it, and they did it out of love. Or someone crocheted a little a pot holder that you have in your house. Oh, come on. And they did it. They didn't have a lot of money. It only cost a few cents, but it was a thought in the gift that they gave it to you. Hello? You know? And, and it's like those are the things that matter. And, and I'm not saying don't go buy your kids. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying just, you know what? Help learn to be content. The third thing is, is saving. It's being, it's the difference. Living beyond the numbers means God dependent or I'm, I'm going to be independent of God. And see, I believe this. There's no da- there's, there's one danger of having savings account. There's a danger of having a savings account. You can look at that as a source of security. Oh, I got this. And, you know, or you don't have it. And you go, well, we need this. It could be the opposite. You see, learn to save, but don't depend on it. In other words, stay dependent, not independent. Your finances can never make you secure. Find your security in God alone. Here's a scripture. Here's a proverb. This is a great proverb. Listen to this. The wealth of, of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. See, money can't make you secure. It's sad, but the most generous people in America are people that have less. Many times the poor. They realize they have what matters the most. You know, I, I, you know I've grown up in South Louisiana all my life, but I'm, some of the greatest people are people that live out in the country that ain't got much, but they can cook. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? And they know how to work, they know how to cook, and they know how to be generous. There are people that have helped me that have been poor, change a tire, do different things. You understand what I'm saying? Or just give me a meal. You know, there, there's people in this church that have, they're not able to give much, but they've given me some chicken fricassee, and baby, they can keep giving it. <laughs> and my wife's still trying to, Miss Barbara Gotro makes the best chicken fricassee in the entire section of this part of Louisiana. And if you wanted me to try it out in a competition, just bring it to my house and I'll tell you you've got it good. And I'll advertise for you. But anyway, but give me, you know, this is what the proverb says, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. See, you have to trust God every day when it is daily bread. Amen? Just like the children of Israel. They had to go out every day to get the manna. See, I, I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Can I tell you something? There's many, many times that I've been blessed, and it wasn't because I bought something. It's because I was blessed and I received something. And the greatest gift that you can give someone is giving something away. See, charity is not this what I, people charity is not going down to Salvation Army or Goodwill 
Charity in the Bible is saying you go to your closet and you don't move all your clothes. You get your best dress or your best suit. And charity is you give the best that you have away to someone else that needs it. Amen? You see, sometimes when we first started the church, I had people would come to me and say, hey, man, I got something I want to give you, give the church. And sometimes, can I just be honest, it was, it was their junk that they didn't want to have, but they wanted somehow that we would be blessed with your junk. Am I making sense? It's give your best. Give your best. You see, the next one, are y'all with me? I'm in the right church. The next one, financial people, financial planner tell you invest. Well, the difference, God's way, living beyond the numbers is stewardship versus ownership. What does that mean? You need to be investing with people who own, you know, you need to be investing with the person who owns it in your mind. Who owns everything? God owns everything. The greatest financial principle I've ever heard of, God owns everything. And I'm his manager. Say, me, say God owns everything. Say, I'm his manager. What if, what if you took everything you have, your influence, your time, your car, your vehicle, your house, whatever it is, and you leveraged it for the eternal purposes of the kingdom of God? Say, I'm going to use it. God, you've blessed me with these things. Now I want to use it for you. You see, to make the biggest difference in Jesus' name. See, Matthew says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves. Listen, treasures where? In heaven. Treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Amen? You know, reminds me of a story I heard years ago, how a lady was stingy and she would not give much money and she had a maid that worked for her and maid died and, and then she died and she went to heaven and, she, and an angel showed her the house where her maid lived and, her maid, and she thought, surely if my maid had made it to heaven and she gave her pennies away, but her maid would give everything and she said, surely if that's my maid's house, my house must be incredible. So they walked past the five-story, the four-story, the three-story, the two-story to the flats to out in the country in heaven. And the lady, the, the kind of grouchy old lady that used to have the maid work for her says, well, are we there yet? And he goes, ma'am, we're here. He goes, what do you mean? And often did she saw what it is. She goes, well, goes, he goes, we're here. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, that's your house. She goes, that looks like a doghouse. He goes, ma'am, that's all we could build what you sent ahead. And so for many of us, you know, it's coming to that point. Is I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm just, what I'm saying is that we have to learn to trust God. And we're doing it for the right purpose. See, it's why we do it and who we do it for. Are you doing it for God? Or are you doing it for man's eyesight? Or are you doing it just to feel good about yourself? There's a big difference. When it's for God, there's, there's a joy that's unexplainable. And so the last one is giving. It's generosity versus misery. Say it with me. Say generosity. Miserable. You know, I, the most miserable people I know are the stingiest people I know. The happiest people I know are the most generous people I know. See, Acts says it like this. The Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to what? Than to receive. This is the reason we start, this is the reason we start giving like crazy here at our church. During this season, we give. You know, when people come and, and speak or minister at our church, we bless them generously. 
And so, you know, I was, I was listening to a pastor and, and of this great church, and he was talking about during the season, during Christmas, about three or four years ago, they printed up these cards, and they had the name of their church, and they had, and Jesus loves you. And they had a phone number for the church. They just wanted to go, we just want to bless you. Jesus loves you. And so what they admonished them to do is when they go to a restaurant, that they would, listen to me, when they would go to a restaurant, they would buy someone else's meal or they would give a generous tip to the waitress. And all those who are in the food business said, amen. And so to give them a generous tip. And so, man, it was just challenging. The church was having an exciting time doing this. And what happened is there was this lady driving in the, the drive-thru and she was going to, she was at McDonald's and she was paying for her meal and she saw her card and she goes, oh, by the way, well, how much is the, the, the lunch for the lady behind me? She goes, $7.06. She goes, I'm going to go ahead and pay for her meal and give her this card for me. Would you just give her this card? I'm going to pay her meal. She goes, oh, okay. So the lady comes up. She, her meal's paid for. She kind of freaks out. So what she does is she calls the church. She gets a license plate number of the lady that paid for her. She goes, I don't know who she is, but there's a lady in your church that paid for my meal. So how do you know she goes to our church? Well, I got a license plate number. <laughs> okay, like we know your license plate, you know. And she goes, well, what? she goes, she saved my life. She goes, the lady on the other side goes, what do you mean she saved your life? She goes, well, she didn't know this, but I had just prayed. I said, God, if you love me, you'll let me know. Because if you don't, when I get this meal, it's going to be my last meal. I'm going to go kill myself. Listen to me. My last meal ain't at McDonald's. <laughs> my last meal, Roos Chris or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? All right. I'm calling Miss Barbara. Anyway, just, okay. But she said she was going to go home and take her life. Because, see, you know what happened is? The lady in front of her, she was living a life of generosity instead of misery. Because, see, when you're generous, you know what happens? The Bible says misery loves company. Hello. You know how you fight the company of misery? Be generous. Be giving. Spend time with people. I can't tell you how many times I've just spent a little time or given a little advice or prayed with someone. You understand what I'm saying? And they were just, like, blown away. Like, when... You know, when I had cancer, did you hear what I said? When I had cancer, okay, I've gone through cancer, and I, my greatest desire was that when I go and I get chemo, I'm going to be the most generous person, give away prayer, give away time, give encouragement to people. I mean, there's many people that I prayed for. There's a guy right now in Iota, his name's Stephen Broussard, that's going through different treatments, and he just texts me, just texts me the other day. He says, made my day when, Pastor, when Bubba McCann came and prayed for me today. And it's like, I mean, it's just a prayer. It's not, that's something I can give away. It doesn't cost anything. You know what I mean? It don't cost anything but time. Hello? And it's like, it's amazing when you do that. And it's like the doors that it opens up to, you know, to be able to minister to people. Or, go, you know, I see them and they don't know who I am. and go, oh, yeah, you're the little boy that loves the Lord. I'm not a boy anymore, but I'm little. But people consider when you're little, you're still a boy, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I have a young face. Not as young as it used to be. But anyway. But see, are y'all with me? The value of life is not determined how much I achieved or accumulated, but how much of life I give away. 
how much of a life I give away. That's the measure of success. Let me ask you a question. What are you giving away that represents his kingdom? What are you giving away? This isn't about getting in the offering bucket. This is about what you do when you leave the church. Because see, can I tell you something? We can amen it. We can say that's good. We can laugh about things. But here's the question. What are you going to do when you have an opportunity that's right there in front of you? There's been times when God's asked me to give all that I had in my pocket to somebody. Can I be honest with you? I didn't want to do it. Hello, anybody know what I'm talking about? Are there sometimes God's speaking to me to help someone and it's inconvenient? Hello? Are you in a hurry? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Bible says true religion is caring for the orphan, the widow, and those that are in prison. Those that can't do anything for you. It's us finding value that's not determined how much I've achieved or who people think you are, but it's what you give away when no one's looking. See, Timothy, and this is a word to pastors. This is Timothy admonishing pastors to what to tell their church, okay? So this is a word from me to remind you what I should be telling you what to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Timothy was a pastor, and he's talking to us as pastors. He said, this is what you need to tell the people. This is what you need to remind them of. And it says this, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Listen to me. God's way works. I've learned. I'm urging you to get the, get, get the numbers right, but I'm encouraging you to go beyond the numbers. That God wants you to be content. God wants you to be generous. God wants you to, listen to me, God wants you to go beyond all those things. God wants you to be dependent upon him. God wants you so much. He wants you to be content in what all that you do. God's way works. Amen? Amen? Say it with me. Say this with me. Say, God's way works. works. Look at your name and say, it really does. God's way works. Look at me, and I'm done. God's way really does work. When you do God's work, God's way, look at me, you will never let God supply. Can I say that again? If you do God's work, God's way, you will never lack God's supply. It's Hudson Taylor. He's a missionary to India years ago. I've learned. If I do it God's way, he's going to provide. It's not my worry. It's his worry. Come on. You know? He's going to provide everything you need. Maybe you're here this morning. You've lived a life where you've been independent and not dependent upon God, and you're not where you need you know, you're not where you need to be with the Lord. Can you just bow your head? And I just want to pray for you this morning. Say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. I haven't lived a, I'm not living a life that's pleasing to God. I know that. I mean, see, religion will tell you, oh, you can't change. You'll always be the same. But relationship, the Holy Spirit will draw you and say, trust me. And I'll take you right where you are, right where, right where you're at. You don't have to clean yourself up. God will clean you from the inside out. It's his job. My job is just to cast, cast the bait of the good news of the gospel 
And if you get reeled in, it's his job to clean you. To minister to you, to help you. Maybe you're going to say, Pastor Bubba, I know that I'm not walking the way I should be. And I'm not really walking with God. But today, I want to live in that contentment. I want to live in that freedom that I can give my life to God. And that I can trust him with all of my heart. If that's you, no one looking around, just say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. Would you just pray for me? And I'll just pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. You put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Anyone else? Okay. Many people. Just pray this prayer with me if you raise your hand. And can we all just pray this prayer together? Can we do that? Say, Lord Jesus, I come. I don't want to live the way I'm living anymore. I want to trust you with all of my heart. Take my sins, though they be many. I ask you to wash me, to clean me up on the inside out. I want to love you and trust you with all of my heart and all of my life from this day forward. I pray it in Jesus.